0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. How is everyone doing this morning? Goodness. How'd you like that sampler yesterday? Mm -mm. I'm actually excited to be back and everything. I was so excited. I just woke up this morning. I I just felt inspired to just go ahead and just come out with episode two of my podcast Coffee at the Crossroads. I'm Afro Spiritual once again. Welcome back, everyone. Goodness. Now, today's episode, not gonna lie to y'all, today's episode is a goodie. Now, for some of y'all dealing with church hurt and religious trauma, this could be a pain point for some of y'all. All right? But either way you go, it is a must. It is a big must that you confront this now. Hoodoo practice and the black church experience. All right? Now, in this episode as well, I'm going to touch a little bit on ancestral veneration because touching a bit on the ancestral veneration will help drive the point home a little bit more, all right? So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, all right? I'm so excited with this because I'm not going to lie, all of us, to some extent will agree or degree, We dealt with the black church, whereas some of us are still part of the black church. While others, we have religious trauma, religious pain, because of the contradictions and also the way the black church treats some of its members, some of its people in the black community. All right. But... With this episode, I pray that clarity and understanding comes about, okay? So let's get on into this. Now, regardless if it's, it's called roots, root working, work, spiritual work, God's work here on earth, to understand voodoo practice and to understand this episode, we're going to have to take it back in time and just go into history and everything, during the times of slavery and oppression, where Christianity was forced onto the majority of our enslaved ancestors now. Now, I say the majority because few tribes, pre-colonization, a few tribes were either A, already Christian, certain tribes like the Khan, most of the Khan, not all, because the Khan root work still goes on to this day. Others had some exposure before the colonization of Africa set in. And it actually happened. Shoot, there's some tribes that actually, after colonization, they mixed certain elements of Christianity into their tribal understandings already for survival purposes before being forcibly brought over to mainland United States via Middle Passage. So... For us black folk to take things, flip it and reverse it and make it our own and turn it into a weapon for our survival and to weaponize it against those who try to have power over us is nothing new. It isn't. Because the Christianity that was imposed on enslaved Africans in the U.S., our ancestors for those of us who are African American was Protestant Christianity, a variety of Christianity that came out of Europe. Now as black folk you know, as I said, we flip it and reverse it. We took something that was meant to control us, making it our own, hiding our African knowledge that we was able to hold on to. Behind the pretense of Christianity. So if Massa tried to come out. Thinking we were praising their way. They wouldn't know any different. They wouldn't even know the truth of what we was doing. Because we was praising and understanding. And working our understandings. Right up under their nose. Because the thing is when it comes to Christianity, colonization, being brought over here against our will and all that stuff, they thought that they were doing us a favor, trying to give us an understanding of God. But what they don't know is that, and I say this all the time, and this might offend some people, and if it do, I'm just going to say sorry. But at the same time, not sorry. Honey's Black folk, our African ancestors, we already had an understanding of God way before anything else. She sure, I normally say, especially on TikTok and everything, Black folk had an understanding of God before, you know, European folk knew how to season their food or wash themselves. Yes, a little shade was thrown, but Come on now. Back in Africa, we already had an understanding of God. We just called God in our ancestral tongues based on our tribe. All right? Moving on. I digress. Last thing I want to do is ramble it. However, the black community is split in two, sadly, with this understanding. The colonizing tactics of Christianity work on most, telling us that hoodoo, even our own ancestral practices, are demonic. Hell, some of us still to this day think that venerating and communing with our ancestors is demonic. And it kind of just makes me wonder, I'm like... How the hell talking to your grandmother or your great-great-grandmother is demonic? What are you trying to say? You think your family is demons? Mm, nah. You are trying to tell on yourself? Are you wolfing sheep's clothing? Because you tell me something. Communion with your ancestors is not demonic. That's your family members. That's your blood. Come on now. Get real on that. Shoot. (laughs) But regardless of how lost the mind is on some, the blood does endure. And what we do instinctively, naturally, still takes place. You'd be surprised. A lot of people that say that venerating the ancestors is demonic but yet they'd be the first ones to go up into one of their family members graveyards and place flowers light a candle do vigils they will leave you know bedrooms and things the same have pictures of loved ones that came before sitting up there and or be saying things like oh i hope so and so is looking down upon me from heaven and this and the other and everything keeping obituaries, keeping relics and things of those that came before, but yet they want to say ancestors, venerating ancestors is demonic. And it's like, make it make sense now. Y'all, y'all doing the same exact thing. Y'all just refusing to call it what it actually is. Shoot. And regardless, if you grew up AME, Baptist, and evangelical, Episcopal, Kojic. Now, if you were a part of a Kojic church, y'all need to understand Bishop C.H. Manson, that was a whole root worker. He was a whole root worker. And there's some Kojic folk that would literally sit there and deny the fact that he wasn't a root worker. He was just a great man. Listen, I had a great auntie, Lord rest her soul, that knew Bishop C.H. Manson. All right. He was a root worker through and through. And he was working the church to the bone. For good, for the better, yes, but he was working that church. Oh my goodness. And the Episc- Episcopal, I already said that. Pentecostal, I And so on and so forth. Listen, who do lives in the church? It truly do. It lives in the church due to the fact that back then we had to hide in the church, hide and play sight, practicing our ways under the disguise of Christianity in the church. Because at one time, it was a punishable offense for us to be able to practice our ways. Shoot, that comes from slavery and oppression. It was punishable for us to practice our ways. But... As history went on, it became so punishable in certain states, you could have been put to death for practicing hoodoo, doing root work, or even administering medicines. In all seriousness, you could have been killed. States like Virginia, for example. And that has to also deal with the history and also the beef with conventional medicine of Southern white doctors and Black folks. That's going to be a future episode. And we're going to even get into a book as well that is attributed to that. So, like I said, that's for a future episode. But if you want to go ahead and get that book and understand what I'm talking about, go get the, uh, what is it called? The Medical uh, Apartheid. Okay? And do do gear your stomach up because the book is wrenching. All right? It is wrenching. Now, the thing is, some of y'all may be asking, how did hoodoo live in the church? I mean, quite easy. I mean, shoot. We all grew up in the Black church to some degree and extent or had some exposure to it. Therefore, meaning... We all seen at some point certain practices that is attributed to hoodoo that most hoodoo practitioners do to this day. For example, catching the Holy Ghost. Not saying they're not catching the Holy Ghost, but baby, that's an ancestor mountain you. That is an ancestor mountain you. Wearing white as a symbol of purity to be closer to spirit in ceremony and prayer. Now that's a big thing in hoodoo. It's a big thing in hoodoo. Wearing white is also highly protective as well because it reflects off stray energies. Allows it to bounce off you. That way you can sit in your oneness, your closeness to God. River baptisms, especially during low tide, come on now. Now, don't get me wrong, some of us has been baptized and everything, but if you got a river baptism, especially during low tide, baby, <laughs> that is who do through and through. Yeshu, one of the easiest way in order to wash off afflictions from you too. Some churches still do snake handling for healing purposes. Now, I will say not a lot of churches nowadays do snake handling, but I've seen it once or twice in my life. Sadly, that was during a time when I was was afraid of snakes. But snakes have transmutative properties, transformative properties, healing properties. Now in some cases you could say that the snake handling is one of the remnants of voodoo practices that is in hoodoo if you want to make the connection with the snakes and dembala but that's neither here nor there Now we may end up talking about that I do have a couple of voodoo is own friends that I am going to bring on here at some point and we're going to talk about that relation between hoodoo and voodoo because a lot of people like to confuse hoodoo and voodoo just saying let's see on here speaking in tongues now it's not like that light language kind of stuff and everything some people will say it's the same thing but honey if you truly speaking in tongues it, it's not like that new age stuff I tell you it truly really is not. It is it is something fierce. And you just surrender to it. Shoot. Some people would say that the gift of speaking in tongues is also the ability, regardless of whatever language you speak, the audience will understand you and be able to hear and feel the message and fully interpret it. Now that's how I was taught when it comes to speaking in tongues. By my elders. That is the gift of regardless of whatever language you speak, the message, the anointing, the movement of spirit will be understood and felt and the message fully understood. Lay on hands, Come on now. Everyone has experienced lay on hands at some point. Someone putting their hands over you and praying over you. Faith healing. Come on now. Now, it's not Reiki. No, no, no. Don't don't do not relate those two. No. Lay on hands is healing through faith. It is healing through the power and the works and miracles of the ancestors and God now. Through prayer. Some people even mix lay on hands and intercession. Now, intercession is when you pray on someone's behalf for their benefit. But granted, we all know you have to be careful sometimes because some people be over here trying to pray for you and maybe not every prayer is a blessing. Now, to my black folk, if you have not learned that lesson yet, mm -mm, mm you also have to be careful about praying over other people. Because you cannot interfere with God's plan. All right? Prophesizing. Some people call it being a seer. Now, in many ways, that's just being a medium, a spiritual medium. But you can't really say that you're a medium in the church. So, prophesizing. Prophesizing. Being a seer. Having discernment. We all talk about discernment. And that's just trusting yourself and your higher knowledge, your divine knowledge, your your, your your intuition now. Prayer works, as I said, intercession and everything. Using the Bible as a spell book and much more because you can't have hoodoo without the Bible. And we hid a lot of our works in the Bible. If you learn how to be able to read between the lines, you have to. And if you truly want to understand what the Bible means, you're going to have to look at older translations, Hebrew translations, Greek translations, things like that, because you have to be able to read the Bible, yes, between the lines, but read it for metaphor, allegory, simile. You cannot take it literally. Taking it literally will defeat most of the message now. Now, due to how impactful the black church is in many Lives of the community. We all grew up to some extent or degree with hoodoo practice. Now, I will admit, this is just a church element. This is just a church element. Truly is. Outside of the roots, outside of the cauldron and the spirits, outside of the folklore. All right, now. Because of that, using these elements as a connective force to the ancestors, as a means of language, language is essential. Now, I told you that we was going to get into a little bit of ancestral veneration in this episode. All right? Especially if you're starting out in your ancestral veneration. Now, depending on how your ancestors believe, Your immediate ancestors. I'm not talking about your ancient ones. Because you cannot skip the chain. You have to work with your immediate first and gently be moved backwards to your older ancestors. A lot of people want to just skip and you can't do that. Because by doing that, you defeat the purpose of the healing and the elevation that is essential for you. For you. For your blood. For your family. For your community. All right. So the means in which your folks believed, as in if they were Christian, you're going to use Christianity as the medium, as the medium to be able to connect and commune with your ancestors. So if that means you open up your Bible and read a scripture every now and again, it looks like, look at what you're going to do. If that means you have to get up and go to church every now and again, just to be able to gain a connection, well, look what you're going to have to do. This even goes for some of the the Black folk who are Catholic. This even goes to some of the Black folk who are Muslim. The manner in which your folks, your immediate folks, believe is the manner in which you're going to venerate. And through that process of venerating in that manner... Over time, by establishing deeper and stronger connections with your folks, you will be walked back more to your ancient, older ancestors who possibly were not even Christian. I can say this from my experience. Shoot, because if you know anything about me, I'm a Hoodoo practitioner, yes, but I'm also an Aborisha in Lukumi, Afro-Cuban Orisha practice. Been practicing hoodoo all my life, practically all my life. And over time, I was walked backwards, further to where I met the Arisha. And now here I am standing part of Arisha practice, working both side by side with the understanding of my immediate ancestors and with the understanding of my ancient ancestors. Because, as my godfather said, it doesn't matter if you're practicing Orisha is Orisha. If you have Orisha walking with you, you have Orisha walking with you. Now, I'm not going to get into Orisha. I'm just using that as an example of how the ancestors walk you backwards to older interpretations of our motherland practices. If you don't go to Africa to initiate and be part of motherland practices. Alright? So, for when you venerate, it's not about you per se. It isn't, y'all. Yes, you can have your reservations. Yes, you can have your feelings. Yes, you can feel this way, that way, and the other. When it comes to Christianity. When it comes to Catholicism. Some people have something against Islam. the Abraham, Let's just say the Abrahamic religions in general. All right. It's not about you. It's about honoring your folks. So yes, using these practices that were used to attempt colonize us and for some it did but for a lot of us it didn't we have to decolonize to understand to understand to be able to reconnect and also to deepen our understanding in working with the ancestors so one day eventually we can have a deeper understanding and come to the pinnacle of ancestral veneration working with our folks To gain deeper spiritual knowledge and spiritual alignment and elevation. That right there is the foundation to this culturally black practice, which is known as hoodoo. All right? So, yes, the black church experience. For some traumatic. And I'm not gonna lie to you, for those who are interested in practicing hoodoo or even understanding a little bit, or even just doing ancestral veneration. Because ancestral veneration, contrary to what some people think, ancestral veneration is not closed. Everyone has ancestors. You can venerate your ancestors. Is hoodoo practice itself that is closed for a cultural practice that's unique to a group of people, aka black people, descendant of enslaved Africans in mainland United States, of the United States South. But for my black folk, especially those who come from Christians, who come from Catholics, do not be afraid to use. Christianity to help connect with your ancestors because that's what they understand. That's what they understand. That's why it's important. Now, it's funny how this episode moved from Black Church right into the ancestors because that is actually what is going to be in the next episode. And I am going to recap a little bit of what was spoken here in the next episode, talking about ancestral veneration. Now, in that episode, I'm not gonna lie to you, we're gonna be discussing a little bit of ancestral do's and don'ts because um maybe not a little bit, more like a whole lot. Because there's a lot of people that don't know what they need to be doing when it comes to venerating the ancestors, venerating properly, venerating safely, including how when it comes to praying, praying with the ancestors, how to pray for your ancestors, known and unknown, because You know, you know how history treated black folk here and everything. Shoot, most of our history, most black folks don't even know where they came from. Most black folks don't even know who their ancestors are. But I tell you this, your ancestors know you, regardless if you don't know them. So, yes, I do know prayers to be able to help you pray for your ancestors, the ones that love you, the ones that have your best interests at heart. And we're going to get into that. All right. So with that said, I hope, I do hope y'all take care. Y'all take care. Y'all stay tuned. And y'all dive on in and everything. Y'all have a great morning. And I will be with y'all and see y'all next time. Now from here, we're going to get back to the regular scheduling because I was eager to get to this episode. Put out episode two outside of introduction. But keep a lookout for Monday, and we're going to get into African-American spirituality, black spirituality, and ancestral veneration, the foundation and the core of guru practice. And for many African diaspora practices and African traditional practices, religions, the ancestors are the foundation. So understanding your folks, and understanding that will help you in your growth, and your spiritual evolution, when it comes to walking your path for the betterment and elevation of yourself. Y'all take care. Once again, I'm Afro Spiritual. This was Coffee at the Crossroads. Y'all take care. And hit me up on my IG, TikTok, Lapa, Facebook, even shoot. You know how to reach me. If you have any questions, you can engage on here and I'll be with you. Y'all take care. God bless.